0: Lightning bets before we wrap up the show here in the third and final hour of BetQL daily presented by bet MGM. I'm Chris Mack, Jim Rodriguez alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Strowski, still enjoying vacation, much needed rest and recuperation after a long season of football GTFO or. Oh yeah. Coming up in 20 minutes as well. Plenty of college basketball to talk about. Uh, we talked about the five different ranked teams going on the road against unranked teams on tonight's slate, NBA, as we talked about with Noops earlier, and uh, the second half of the season, or the final third, I guess we could call it the stretch run, getting started tomorrow night. And plenty of spring training baseball still on the way as well. That starts on Friday. But we're just five days away from the scouting combine. And we're starting to see the the inklings that maybe something is up with what could be the first big domino to fall in the NFL offseason in Justin Fields. He unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Here to talk about all of it, but specifically the on-field stuff and the guy who may be replacing Justin Fields from Pro Football Network. Follow him on social media at NFL Draft Study. NFL Draft Analyst, Ian Valentino. Morning, Ian. How are you? And uh, how closely have you been watching Justin Fields' Instagram activity?
1: (laughs) Hey, guys. Doing well and uh, excited to join. I I haven't really been... Uh, too keen on the Instagram stuff. But, uh, you know, hey, I guess if I was him, I probably wouldn't want to see all the posts about, oh, who should we draft number one? And it's going to be his replacement. So not not a great situation for him,
2: I'm sure.
0: Speaking of which, you did a pretty extensive study, video study on Caleb Williams that you posted the other day, 20 different plays. And the headline jumps out, especially for Bears fans, I got to think, and football fans in general, the next Patrick Mahomes question mark Um, without giving it away. What did you think after doing a deep dive on Caleb Williams? And is this guy worth the the first overall pick in the draft and worth the bears sort of retooling and rebuilding around?
1: Yeah, no, he's awesome. I mean, he's a, he's a rare talent. He's a very unique guy. Um, I think you look at his play style, his ability to create outside of the pocket, you know, You know, we've seen some of Patrick Mahomes comparisons for over a year, and you can see some of it. Some of it you can't ever predict that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, no one would have ever guessed Patrick Mahomes would become who he is now. It's like, so, you know, we can't hold Williams to that type of level. But you look physically what he can do, super accurate, guy can get outside the pocket, his ability to make throws across his body, these explosive downfield throws um you know everything that you want to see is pretty much there if you watch it it's it's just it was a little bit tough this last year at usc usc wasn't really a great team this past year and so you know i walked away from that and saying okay is there stuff for him to work on sure he can be baited into throwing some interceptions against zone coverage you want to see more experience a little bit more poise um sometimes when under pressure a lot of that stuff is normal though you look at any of the top quarterbacks you're going to say hey they could do better against pressure like shocker like that's not Breaking news! It's why defenses throw pressure, at guys. So, um, really strong prospect overall. I think his his biggest concerns to me are, are not, you know, really on par with uh, with most number one picks. I think he's he's pretty rock solid. So I, I do think he'll be pretty easy decision. I think at number one.
2: Yeah, it's always kind of like when the obvious choice. Uh, Ian is in front of you, you're almost starting to convince yourselves either way. We had sort of a a, a a what's going on moment when we see Cliff Kingsbury go over to Washington, be the offensive coordinator over there. Oh, does that mean they're trading him? We've heard some rumblings that Caleb Williams doesn't want to go to Chicago. Is that a fit for him? I mean, obviously, they'll build that team around him, but where would be the best fit for him? Because I, I would think familiarity is what is what What he would want.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm him, I would probably rather go to Washington because, and it's not just because of Cliff. I think it'd be more so because of the playmakers. They have a pretty good pass blocking offensive line uh, compared to some of these other teams. Their receivers are terrific. Um, You could walk into a lineup that has, you know, Terry McLaurin, um, Curtis Samuel, if he's going to be back. Obviously, that's a team. They have some talent in the in the backfield too. They they need to improve their run blocking, and I, and I do think a new offense will help with that too. Uh, They're pretty bad at running the ball the last couple of years, but some of that is to do with scheme, some of that's to do with talent. So, but it, you know, with Chicago, it just it is what it is. Like I don't think that we're ever going to see another Eli Manning situation. I don't know that that's ever going to be possible. I don't know that teams will be strong armed in that type of way. Uh, just the way that the NFL is set up, teams have the vast majority of power, uh, between the franchise tag, between, you know, the rookie rights and how that works. If he refuses to play for Chicago, they're going to get a ton in a trade, even if it's from number one to number two. Um, that could be a little bit interesting to see maybe that they could work something out there, but if that happens, you got to love whoever's number two. So if your number two is Drake May, your number two is Jaden Daniels, you have to really be sure because otherwise you have to basically tell Caleb Williams, Hey man, it 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 just is what it is. You're going to be coming here. Or you could sit out the year and enter the draft next year, which that's not going to be an option.
0: NFL draft analyst Ian Valentino from Pro Football Network with us. Follow him on social media at NFL Draft Study. Um, the odds to be second overall pick, if I look him up right now, Drake May still the favorite at minus 160. But then we get into Jaden Daniels, and the buzz is getting louder and louder about Jaden Daniels. Um, you know, I think is. Is Mina Kimes put it yesterday, there's a little bit of Wiley Coyote aspect to his game where occasionally he runs into the cliff that's been painted to look like a tunnel. Um, but plus one seventy is still decent value, maybe, if you think that Washington's gonna look at him and look at him as a guy who Cliff Kingsbury, like you just talked about, can develop at quarterback rather than maybe a guy who doesn't have as much ceiling. I don't know. What is the thought about ceiling and floor as it pertains to May and Daniels and what we may see at two and three, Ian?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we're all still a little bit too low on Drake May. I think that from the media standpoint, where we've seen this recent shift is it makes sense that Jaden Daniels would be the favorite of folks just watching now. So there's a lot of people in the media who they cover the NFL and then we get to the off season and then they catch up. And then they're watching now to see what happened back in the fall. And so thankfully, you know, my position, I was opposite. Right. So I was watching these guys during the season every single week. And then now at this point, it's just creating content about that. And so having seen these guys, you know, several times over, I've seen these games several times. It's like it's not shocking to see what Jaden Daniels does. And what Jaden Daniels did was really impressive. But it also took him four or five years to get to that point in his career where he was such an excellent player, which it's an amazing growth he deserves a ton of credit. Like if you went back to what he was way back, um, at Arizona State, you would have never guessed that he'd become what he did last year. Like that was an, an incredible year, but he also had two first round picks at receiver. He also had pretty good offensive line and a really advantageous schedule and situation. Like the offense was basically built around him spreading the field. And if he doesn't throw the deep ball, he's basically going to run. And so it was exciting and it's good, but We've seen guys like that, like Kyler Murray and some of these other guys come into the league, and it's a little bit tough for them to transition. Like, there's there's going to be a transition period because the spacing's different. The talent around him, he'll probably never play with two good as receivers as he did at, as at LSU. Most NFL teams have one pretty good or really good receiver, and then everyone else like, kind of falls in line beneath that. You don't have two number ones like he had at LSU. You look at Drake May. He didn't have that type of talent around him. He had a couple guys who might be in the NFL around him. He played in a pro-style attack. He was under center a lot. He had typical dropbacks, resetting the eyes, stuff that you really want to see and stuff that evaluators still really value in the NFL. And I think that he's a slam dunk, number two, in my opinion. And I like Jaden Daniels. I just don't think that he's someone that I would fully trust because his physical tool set isn't quite where Drake Mays is. Now, he's a better runner. He's instantly one of the top five runners in the position in the NFL, but we've seen that with Justin Fields, right? Like, you got to be more than that. You have to be a great passer first and foremost, and then it's becoming a good runner um, or being a good runner. So it's like Lamar Jackson's great because he's a really good passer first and foremost, but then he's also a great runner. So Daniels could get there, but I don't think that it's as easy as saying, like, Drake May. I think for him, he could be, you know, I I really compare him to probably like a, a Justin Herbert type. So he's got a huge arm. 6'4, 230, 45 you know, that type of range. He can move pretty well for his size. Like it's surprising that he's actually that big. Um, uh, great arm. It's just, it didn't always look pretty for him because that offense was, you know, it, it it asked a lot of them. They really put him in a situation, I think, that projects really well. So if I'm if I'm Washington,
2: for me, he's the pick. So, Ian, if if you believe in the theory that the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. It'll be Caleb Williams and then a combination of May and Daniels at 2 and 3. Arizona, I think you go with Marvin Harrison, I would think in the wide receiver room. So, what's who is the next quarterback and where do they go and and, and what are your next three kind of quarterbacks there because at that point it starts becoming a little bit of a crapshoot and you start having some fun there.
1: Yeah, I think four, like that discussion at four really gets interesting. Um, I'm with you. I think Marvin Harrison makes a lot of sense for them. They grabbed their left tackle last year from Ohio State, Paris Johnson, go back to Ohio State, just take the top receiver in the class. I think that's pretty, makes a lot of sense. There's not like a dominant edge rusher in this class. And that would be the other position I'd be looking at for Arizona. So um, not having even the option, it doesn't make sense to force the pick, just take the best receiver. Uh, the quarterbacks are interesting. The quarterbacks, I think the NFL, likes jj mccarthy a lot more than a lot of the media does Uh, i can see it physical tools tool set is really strong with jj mccarthy he's got a great arm he can get outside the pocket he's a really good scrambler he wants to throw the ball Uh, there's reasons that you're concerned too michigan blew out a bunch of teams they had a really weak schedule for the majority of last season so he didn't play in a lot of fourth quarters they were dominating everybody Um, they didn't ask him to do a ton and then when they did in general, he played pretty well. He had a couple of rough moments down the stretch, but again, it's just like with Caleb Williams, like you're going to have that. You're going to have guys with warts. You're going to have a very small sample size that we're taking from at times and putting too much value on that small sample size. Like you've got two or three years of starting career in college. And because of that, you only play a couple important games a year anyways when you're a team like Michigan. So like, You're then boiling it down to like two or three throws of a whole season. And it's like, well, that might have gone the other direction if you did it again. So um, I like McCarthy. I I think for sure he will be quarterback four. Um, I think the question then is who's QB five and six and where do they go? So is it Michael Penix Jr.? Does he go in the first round or is it Bo Nix? And so for me, I think Bo Nix is actually more likely to go before of those two guys, I think Bo is going to be a first round pick. I have him as a first round value. I think Nick's is a pretty good player. He had a rough senior bowl, which you don't love to see, um, but he's an accurate guy. He's really talented physically. He can get outside the pocket, has a strong throwing arm. Uh, he doesn't really manipulate the ball as well with touch like you'd want to see. Um, and you start to see that delineation between someone who projects as like a pro bowl or all pro type of quarterback with the first couple of guys and someone who could be a solid starter. Someone that you can win with, almost like a Brock Purdy. You can win with him for sure, yeah. but you have to have a really good team around him. That's Ben Nix to me. I think Penix is kind of in that same discussion like he's kind of in that, you know, Brock Purdy to a Tug of Warloa type of talent. Um, to me, I think that's probably more of like a second round pick nowadays and and he's tough because Penix is older. He's got a ton of injuries in his history and his general play against pressure is not good. So He doesn't really have the movement ability he's not super athletic he doesn't have the strongest arm he's great at throwing deep but he's not necessarily great at throwing with a ton of velocity Um, so i think those are going to play into things and i think the the question becomes is is it going to be peddix or is it going to be spencer rattler because spencer rattler has the tools that's the tools guy so and he's got a ton of experience but his film was ugly because he's playing in a place that didn't have the same surrounding cast as washington And he wasn't, you know, he's playing the SEC and like there is some credence to that to say, like, we're on a less talented team in a more difficult conference. It wasn't always pretty. So but I do like Rattler. I think he's shown a lot of maturity, especially off the field. And uh, he's kind of talked about like humbling himself. And I think that's really important to him. So uh, I I think the big question for me is who goes, where does Bo Nix go? And then who's the next guy? I would guess it's going to be in the second round.
0: So that that leads into the the question I was gonna ask you before before we let you run here, Ian. Ian Valentino Pro Football Network at NFL Draft Study on social media because I haven't seen this number posted yet, but as we get closer to the draft, it will get posted, and that's the number of first round quarterbacks. Um in about forty-five seconds, if you had to put a number on it, are are we over four and a half? Over do we get six, we don't get six first round quarterbacks, do we?
1: No, I, I think I'd go over because you're going to bank on Knicks being five. So I would go with the over there.
0: Ian, great stuff, man. We appreciate it. Uh, would love to check back in with you as we do get closer to that draft uh, in, in May. Uh, and we'll keep, we'll go. If, have, if people haven't checked it out yet, like I said, at NFL Draft Study on social media, go see that Caleb Williams breakdown and we'll keep an eye out for more video breakdowns as well.
1: Great. Thanks so much, guys.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, that's interesting to me, J. Rod. We're talking maybe, maybe middle to late first round for McCarthy and Nix, and then maybe even Rattler going before Penix in the second round. That's, I think we'll see how it shakes out during the combine starting next week. But this is where the workouts come into play, right? The film study uh, from last year's college football season coming giants up. may need a quarterback too at six watch out oh if they draft and move up maybe uh, or excuse me trade and move up that could be a play maybe for the giants lightning bets before we wrap up and coming up gtfo or oh yeah we bring mario and that uh hair with his mom's conditioner back into the fold next on betql daily lightning bets on the way in 20 minutes to wrap up a wednesday edition of betql daily presented by betmgm Alongside J-Rod, Jim Rodriguez with me. I'm Chris Mack in for Aaron and Joe. The rest of the week, we've got you covered as we continue to build towards spring training baseball. Getting started at the end of the week. We'll continue to roll through that throughout the week. Looking at things division by division. If you missed our NL West discussion earlier, you know you can get any part of BetQL Daily as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, inside your Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y, you can always rewind anything in the last 72 hours as well. Just got done with a fun conversation about the first round in particular, especially the top third of the first round of the NFL draft, and quarterbacks specifically with Ian Valentino of Pro Football Network, and with the final third, the stretch run of the NBA season, about to tip off tomorrow night, post All-Star break. A great conversation with Alex Christensen. Noops joined us. Uh, and we also had our own takes on some NBA win totals in the second hour. That's why, again, you use that Odyssey app. And be sure to watch Mm -hmm. the show as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql, or on YouTube, search Odyssey Sports. Before we get to those lightning bets, J-Rod, we bring back in the man with his mom's conditioner, Mario, to play (laughs) another scintillating edition of GTFO or, oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, little GTFO, oh yeah. And shout out to my mom. She has great hair too. And she's a very sweet woman. Oh, and shout out Lisa I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Sh- I'm, sh-
0: I'm sure she is. I, I could tell the, yeah. the hair genes are, you know, they probably come from her side. I don't know anything about your dad's side of the family. But look, I'll give her all the credit for it, okay?
3: Yeah. Hey, she's a crazy Italian woman, but we love her. All right, GTFO, oh yeah. Uh, Kentucky, to make the final four at plus 525 is great value. You guys didn't see, they uh, got a big one over the weekend. And Coach Cal had a very uh, electric press conference, so to speak, after the game. So I asked you, Chris Mack, you got a little, you're a little surprised right now, my man. What, what do we think here?
0: Uh, I don't like just necessarily giving money to the sports books, <laughs> like just handing it to them. So Kentucky at 525. If you're talking about great value, like the generic brand of stuff you get at Walmart, great value brand to make the Final Four, then sure, Kentucky is a great value Final Four kind of team at 525. But for actual value to actually make the Final Four, no, I don't like any number on Kentucky right now, to be quite honest, even despite the bounce back over the weekend. So GTFO, no, J-Rod, I'm not down with Kentucky making the Final Four
2: yeah i'm with you man definitely gtfo uh all caps on on that one listen uh kentucky cost me some cash over the weekend so i'm mad at coach Cal. uh even though when when we he 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 was on a show when i was on i used to work on jim rome and and I, i forgot something and he looked at me and he said hey figure it out so coach i'll tell you figure it out uh i I don't know i i just i just hey, listen 525 you got to make it a 525 otherwise people are people won't won't bet it it have to be bigger you know it have to be 750 800 you know eight to one maybe but yeah 525 uh, i i'd rather spend the that money doing something else yeah figure it out
3: figure it out john gosh she's <laughs> annoying all right gtfo oh yeah mountain it's west They're like a power five school right now in college basketball. So Mountain West will have more teams in the dance than the ACC this year. GTFO or, oh yeah, J-Rod, what do you think? The Mountain West sends more teams in
2: March than the ACC. Listen, I, I, I... I will I will put my heart in this and I would say oh yeah I mean even though I'm the same guy that says the, the the committees at least for college football it's all about business it's less about competition granted much more teams to include but I think they're certainly deserving of it the problem is How sexy is Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State, Nevada, New Mexico, and Colorado State? Because those are are the six schools that legitimately should be able to get into the tournament. But again, I don't know how many people even heard of half of these schools. You know what I mean? San Diego State came on the scene by making it it, to the championship game and losing to UConn. But uh, you know, Nevada, some people may have heard of. But Boise State, that's a football school. Uh, What? No, I think they should when you compare it to the ACC. Because the ACC, Carolina, Duke, Virginia, then it gets a little weird with with, with Wake and Pittsburgh and, and, the, and those teams. I would say, yeah, but business is business, as we all know, Chris Mack. But I would say, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to give it the old macho man. Oh, yeah, the cream rises. Um, the ACC is just, look, every team has had at least one moment this year where you've looked at them and gone, what the what 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 the hell was that? You know, UNC has had their moments. Duke, less so, where where it was really like, oh my god, what was that? But they've had their moments. Virginia losing at home to Pitt a couple weeks ago, a Pitt team that, by the way, goes and gets absolutely squashed by Wake Forest last night, and that's the damage being done to the ACC's hopes in having more than four bids. Is the second tier of this conference? is just picking each other off. And so, look, Duke, UNC, Virginia, Clemson, in. I don't know if you get past four teams. Maybe you get a fifth, maybe a fifth, like a Pitt or a Wake as a play-in, right? They'll, they'll be right there on the bubble, and they'll get to go play a, a game in Dayton like Pitt did last year. And maybe they get lucky and they win one. And it, who knows? Maybe even you get an, another team to the Sweet 16. I'm not counting on it, though, because this conference— has gone about pointing out the flaws in every other member team. The Mountain West, on the other hand, is a conference that is, rather than sort of poking holes in each other down the stretch here, it's the old iron sharpens iron analogy, and that's what it looks like. Every team is, rather than poking holes in the others, they're just sharpening them up for a run. And I think we end up seeing five, maybe six Mountain West teams. The ACC will have four, maybe five. So I think it's more likely we get more Mountain West teams than ACC teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right,
4: try the voice. I don't know if, I don't know if that no, works. You might quite. have to retire from the voices
3: thing. It just hasn't been working out for you lately. Yeah. <laughs> I never been a good impersonator. You should hear the Santa one. The Santa one's Joe O's no, classic no. favorite.
0: No, I don't. Yeah, I don't really
3: to am it out. Oh yeah, it, it makes you uncomfortable. All right, Oh, Yeah, on a great Wednesday. <laughs> UConn. You mentioned this earlier, J. Rod. I want to bring this back up because they find it very, very interesting. But UConn's road record against ranked opponents should give you pause. Uh, right now, UConn got whooped last night against Creighton. Uh, and then Dan Hurley almost fought a fan. So good for Dan Hurley. And then, you know, they're still the leader right now in all odds to win the championship, to make it to the final four. So I ask you the UConn road record gets ranked opponents, gives you pause. G- uh, Jerry, I'll stay with you. GTFO, oh yeah.
2: You know what? I would say, I would say a very whimpering gtfo only because yes it is it pops off the page 19 straight losses on the road against ranked opponents and they still have to go to marquette in a couple of weeks so that's one to keep an eye on but when you get to the ncaa tournament they're all road games, right? Or they're all neutral sites. And again, UConn coming off of winning a national championship, Bobby Hurley you know, piloting that ship, it doesn't give me as much pause as if it was regular season stuff, certainly if I was betting it. But since they're all kind of neutral games in the tournament, it will definitely give me pause when they go when they play Marquette. I will definitely see what that number comes out to, and I may roll with Marquette in that game. But I would say overall, I would say a small GTFO, just to, just to keep it uh, under my sleeve, at least regular season-wise.
0: I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Like you said, it's a small, oh, yeah, it's a concern for me right now. But then I, I back away and I kind of take the 50,000-foot view. I zoom out. So to speak. And I look at the work they've done on the road in a, in a pretty good Big East conference, I think. You know, uh, a seven point win at Butler. Uh, they handled Xavier. Um, a win at Villanova. Granted, it's a one point victory, it's still a win on the road at Villanova. They beat St. John's when they should have. They handled Georgetown and DePaul on the road as well. The Creighton loss, even if doubled up with a loss to Marquette um, next week. I think is the kind of stuff, or two weeks from now, uh, is the kind of stuff I'm not going to worry too much about. Like if if UConn ends up going into the Big East tournament at what, like they'll be, I want to say 27 and let's say they're 27 and four, right? And two of those losses are, three of those losses are on the road in the Big East, and the other one is against Kansas on the, uh, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, those are losses that I look at and say. OK, I, I can live with that. So it's oh, yeah, it's a concern, but not enough of one to give me a great amount of pause with UConn, because to your point, once we get into the tournament, everything's neutral court anyway. And I'm not worried about UConn having to play in that situation. I think they've shown us their complete team over the last six, seven weeks and one to be feared once we get to the tournament.
3: Plus, in a tournament, that's a fan base that travels really well, right? Like UConn fans are everywhere, and they love their basketball, so they'll be wherever that team is. Staying on the road and staying in college basketball. Duke will get upset tonight on the road against Miami. Miami right now on the money line. under good friends at BMGM is plus two thirty. J Rod, you're in the state, you're local, you're right near it. I'm down the road get the from Coral dub At home against Duke. You're- yeah, you're down the road. So Tell us, GTFO or oh yeah?
2: I will say GTFO. I I think my I think Miami, Miami may cover. It was six and a half last I saw, but they're they're not beating. I think at the end of the day, the the mojo, Coach Ells, scraggly, gravelly throat. Listen, they're an NIT team. You know, the great run last year, all the way to the Final Four. The, the you know they've lost four in a row. Duke's won four in a row. So I think it'd be a good contrarian bet of taking Miami at home, uh, getting six and a half. That would be a good bet. But uh, they're going to Duke will get upset tonight. GTFO. They Miami's just not good enough. I think you're right about Miami in that, look, this is an
0: NIT team, right? But this is kind of a game they need to keep their postseason hopes alive. Um, this is the kind of game Larinaga gets them up for, especially after four losses in a row. Let's keep in mind, three of those on the road, and the one at home was to North Carolina. It, still a good North Carolina team, as much as I hammered them earlier in this segment. Um, I, that is a really tempting number. Um, You get up over 2-1, two to one, 230 at bed MGM. I'm even, you know, six and a half at home. That's tempting. But I think if I go in on Miami tonight, I don't do it with the points. I just go balls to the wall, money line, plus 230. Um, I'm not saying Duke will get upset tonight, but I think I like the value on this one enough to say, to give you a small, like a, oh, yeah. Like that guy. I'm not going macho man or Kool-Aid man, but I'll go, oh yeah, there's a chance dude could get upset.
3: Like an oh yeah, like you just remembered something. Like, oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, I could have stopped and picked up yeah. milk yeah. on the yeah. way home from work. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. All right. One last one before we head to break and we have lightning bets coming up. Uh, next, to get 50 plus wins minus 115 is not a good bet. GTFO oh yeah. The team that Kind of took the lead by storm a couple weeks ago with some of their moves and not fully healthy. But I ask you, Chris Mack, as you are deep in thought, GTFO or, oh, yeah, yeah. next to get 50-plus wins?
0: I'm just looking at the standings and, what, they've got 30 games? Uh, no, 29 games left? I don't know. My math is terrible. 27 games left. Um, they'd have to win 17 of those to get to 50. 17 and 10 down the stretch. I think like we talked about with noops earlier, Mario, it's all about health for the Knicks. I don't know how quickly they're going to get healthy again. I'll be clear, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, when they are healthy, I like them. And I think, as noops put it, to be one of those teams that, that can get in a stare down with the Celtics and not blink, I like them to do that. I think Jalen Brunson is a stone-cold killer if he gets the opportunity in the postseason to do that. If the Celtics leave the Knicks in a series, he'll do that. A less experienced team, he'll do that. But down the stretch, for them to win 17 more games... 17 and 10 down the stretch. That's tough. Um, so I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I don't think it's a good bet just because I don't know about the health of this team, J-Rod.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'll definitely give it a resounding, oh, yeah, just because, A, I don't think that they need to get to the 50 wins. I think they're very comfortable right now, middle of the pack. And and you look at their schedule. I mean, it's, it's, it's about middle of the pack, strength of schedule, but there's still a lot of Celtics, Thunder, Cavs, Nuggets, Suns. There's still a lot of that on, on on their on their on their dance card. You know, Pelicans, Bucks. Uh, they're, they're, they they got to play a lot of good teams still. And for a team that I think is more concerned about getting right as opposed to you know making a push to the playoffs, fifty wins would be a result of things as opposed to getting after it. So I'm going to say, oh yeah, not a good bet.
0: I think there's importance in them. Getting to a certain point, but look, that point is health because if you're in a point in the standings where you can't climb out of third or higher than third, you're kind, I don't want to say locked in, but you got to face the Sixers, maybe the Heat or the Pacers in the first round. You better be prepared for that. You better be as healthy as possible and make that the emphasis, not getting to a certain number of wins. We wrap things up. Our lightning bets for today, next, right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Feels like we're turning a page a little bit, like down the stretch, run of the college basketball season, final third of the NBA season, spring training games about to start later this week. Um, a lot going on. The scouting combine just a couple days away in Indy. It is a tr- a period of transition in the world of sports, and if we can find stuff to bet on, we will bet on it. Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Alongside Jim Rodriguez, I'm Chris Mack. Aaron and Joe back next week enjoying some time off. Uh, Tomorrow, we will have you covered on that first full day of the stretch run post All-Star break for the NBA. We will dive in headlong into a packed slate tomorrow night. Of course, we'll have plenty to talk about. As I mentioned, five ranked teams on the road against unranked opponents in college basketball tonight. You know at least one of them is going to lose um, we'll touch on that maybe in our lightning bets here in just a moment, but Ooh. we'll break it all down tomorrow. And we'll be, like I said, one day closer to the combine and that first big domino of the NFL off season falling. We'll find out which quarterbacks have unfollowed, which teams on social media. Maybe it'll be very exciting. <laughs> um, all on the way tomorrow on BetQL daily. Don't forget if you ever miss anything, This is why you have the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free, and then you can rewind to anything you may have missed and, of course, download it as a podcast later wherever you get your podcast. Watch the show on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash BeckQL and YouTube at Odyssey Sports. J-Rod, let's get him some bets for tonight. What do you like?
2: All right, let's do a little college basketball to start. Hopefully uh, that mojo from my Creighton Blue Jays thumping the yukon huskies uh spills over on this hump day wednesday uh let's start uh, right down the road from me duke uh, number eight at miami over in coral gables uh i listen i like you, you got to be a little contrarian right duke's won four in a row miami's lost four in a row not ready to pull the trigger on an upset or a miami money line but I think six and a half is still a little too much. I think Miami covers the six and a half points tonight. So give me the Canes plus six and a half at home against Duke. Uh, The losing streak does continue though for the Canes. Also, uh, great sec game great football game turns out to be hell of a basketball game too number 24 florida number 13 alabama in tuscaloosa I'm um, i think we're gonna have some high octane offenses here let's go over 173 and a half as the total and hockey a little uh west coast or western uh late night hockey to go on the bruins and the oilers in the ton Let's go under six and a half. Good goalies, good defense. But you got the, the Bruins and Oilers. Uh, top 11 teams in defense and goals allowed. So I like the under six and a half and that. And then the Coyotes out in Phoenix, out in Tempe, playing in the barn, playing in the dorms. Uh, they're awful. They've <laughs> lost 10 in a row. Leafs come in there. I'll take the Leafs on the puck line. Plus money to plus 125. And I think the Arizona streak continues to 11 straight losses. But I'll take Toronto puck line plus 125.
0: While you're at it, let's just uh, maybe, maybe I'll just sprinkle in with that piggyback off of that. Just Austin Matthews, goal scorer. He scored again the other day. It wasn't three straight hat tricks, but he just won't stop scoring goals. I'm sure you can find plus money on it. Austin Matthews to score a goal tonight in Arizona. That one as well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna officially add that in, in as one of my lightning bets for tonight. I'm gonna start NBA though. Actually, I'm gonna start with the NBA because we did a lot of talk today about the second half. Again, I keep calling it the second half, the final third of the season, post All Star break portion of the season, and we talked a lot of Eastern Conference. Again, if you missed the conversation, rewind in your Odyssey app or download it as a podcast later with Noobs, Alex Christensen of the bet us nba show joined us and a couple of thoughts you and i and it's not just because j-rod is in south florida but you and i j-rod have talked a ton about the heat over the last week week and a half and 36 and a half wins for them right now seems like a very good number i like that number a lot for them to get to 37 wins so i'm taking the heat over 36 and a half wins i think The later it gets in the season, whether it's the regular season or as we start to push into the playoffs, the more that heat culture, like you always talk about, uh, the more Eric Spolstra starts to lean into these guys and just the little whispers in the ear, defense this, shot selection that, I think we'll see Miami really refine its game down the stretch. Probably win the Southeast Division. I'm not going in on that yet, but I do like the win total. Um, So the heat over 36 and a half wins the other future. I want to get in on. And again, loops back on something we talked about with noops in the second hour of the show. Nick's regular season, uh, whether we're talking win totals or to win a division or something. no, forget all that. Um, Let's focus in on maybe Nick's Eastern conference futures right now at seven to one to win the East. There are really only two teams I like right now to get in a staring contest with the Celtics in April or May and be able to walk away without blinking. And it's Miami, who we just got done talking about, and the Knicks. I mentioned Jalen Brunson earlier. Um, 7-1 to to win the East. I still think there's some value there. So I'm going to put a little something down on the Knicks. 7-1 to to win the Eastern Conference today. Uh, do I necessarily think that they will? Mm, maybe not. It's, it's still the Celtics in the East. But never know how things will go. Maybe the Knicks get healthy. Right. Maybe the Celtics aren't healthy. Maybe Missoula does push them too hard down the stretch. And they've got to deal with some issues into the playoffs. Uh, and they stumble and trip and fall in the Eastern side of the playoffs. So give me the Knicks 7-1 to to win the Eastern Conference. Those are some NBA futures I'm going to get in today. Back to the college game. I mentioned it. One of these 5 ranked teams on the road against unranked teams in college basketball tonight has to lose. It has to happen. And I think we might get two. I'm going to I'm going to sprinkle a little something on the Canes money line. Snap that four-game losing streak against Duke. I think when we talked earlier about how every team in the ACC has a point where you've looked at them and gone Oh my God! What what was that? What what are you do? You're not a contender. What are you talking about? North Carolina has had that moment for Virginia. Virginia has had that moment. Um, we've seen it from Clemson. I think tonight might be one of those moments for Duke. Right? I mean, they had the home loss to Pitt earlier this year. Um, that was one of those moments. The other losses on the road against Arkansas and Georgia Tech, not not necessarily moments where you go, no, this early season. Not worried about it. Um, This is the moment, I think, where we go, oh, maybe Duke's got some issues. And like I said, this just seems like a Jim Laranega special. So I'm going to sprinkle something on the money line, plus 230, for the Miami Hurricanes to upset the Duke Blue Devils tonight. And I'm going to take George Mason in the points. It's only two and a half. They're at home against Dayton. Dayton three and four against the spread in their last seven games. This is the first time all year George Mason has been a home dog. I think they respond. You're doing a
2: Laranega parlay. Do a Larinaga parlay. Yeah. George Mason in Miami. Come on now. There you
0: go. The Laranega parlay. Narrative. Kane's on the money line. George Mason plus the two and a half. Give it to me. I know I said I was off college basketball. <laughs> no. Moth eat flame. I'm going to burn myself. It's going to happen. And then one more. You mentioned Bruins Oilers. Under the six and a half, I like it over mm-hmm. tonight. Um, the Bruins have started to come back to life. They've given up some offense as well as scored some in the last couple games. Uh, the Oilers are the Oilers. You're talking about two top ten scoring teams in the league, so give me the over six and a half bees and the oil tonight in Edmonton. All right, Jake, your Red Raiders. Um, they had a decent weekend. I want I want to say in Arlington um yes correct that first game didn't hit but the weekend as a whole hit well do we have college baseball bets what do we have jake nba jake the return maybe what do we have
4: uh not yet with no game still but speaking of the red raiders big game in like an hour with the number 19 ranked texas tech red raiders going against the number seven oregon state beavers can you watch this game anywhere to take it in That is a resounding. No, this game is on no video platform because of course it's not because why grow the game? Why make it accessible on a random Wednesday at noon central time? That would be foolish. Obviously. Are we still going to bet it? Yeah, of course. Uh, We are going to take Texas tech on the money line. Uh, I have no idea who's starting this game either pitcher there's been no starters announced with an hour left because again why would you do that Oregon State hasn't even updated their team website since Friday night so this is just a weird game I think because you know let's just lean into the weirdness and lean into the randomness we're taking the dog the Raiders plus 135 on the money line let's get weird let's just take the shot with the dog I have no statistical analysis because nobody is giving me anything (laughs) for this game you can't even watch it so here we go let's just sprinkle a little bit on the money wine, on the dog, and hope for the best.
2: I love Here, it. Here's an old boomer term for you guys. Radio only. Yeah.
4: You can listen to it on the radio if you so choose.
2: This game would be radio only. Uh, Mario,
0: do you have anything? Conditioning tips, bets, anything at all? What do you have?
3: Uh, yeah, you're not supposed to wash your hair every day, so don't do that. That is facts. I don't do that either.
0: I've, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah.
3: And another fun fact: found this out yesterday. Tiger Woods' his real name is not Tiger. Didn't know that one. Are either. you serious? Really, did wait, not know that. come on, dude. No, wait, no, dude. dude come, come on, on. Check, come on. Check. had no. you just idea. Found that out that? right now. No, uh, Levine no. told us that Sunday, five-star weekend presented by MGM and he said that. And then I was like, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I was watching the documentary. I was like, wow, that's that's awesome. Wait, it's pretty cool.
0: Eldridge figured this out. You have to be yesterday. doing a bit.
3: He's only known by Tiger Woods. It's not like it's Magic Johnson. People say Irvin Magic Johnson.
0: I can't with you. You know I love you, but dude, you like guys know, you're I can't. Dude, like
3: you are acting I, like this is. I, I guarantee because, you there's other people in the world.
0: you're you're 25 years
4: old. You've been on this earth for 25 years. Tiger's been around longer than that. Yeah. There's been multiple documentaries, multiple books. He's on TV. Been on TV forever.
3: Didn't read a book and no no. I mean, I one... shows, pal. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no one on TV is like says his real name. It's always like Tiger. Oh my God! Tiger,
2: Tiger, hashtag, Tiger. Anyway, Thunder to get the one seat is wasted on the young.
0: <laughs> thunder to get the he, one. No,
4: I knew this for the record. I am a year older than Mario. I knew this. I've known this for ten plus years, fifteen years.
0: Uh, what new things will contract. Mario learn tonight that we can talk about tomorrow? Just keep it right here. That, to that, could find be
2: out.
4: that was so <laughs> obvious.
2: That's it. Airplane it's bottles. the QL the- Network. <laughs> That's Bye. It. That's it.